Reformation Tuesday Law and Gospel. I'm Pastor Tom Baker, and with me is my good friend, Mark Smith. Hi, Mark. Hey, Tom. How are you doing this morning? Excellent. Yourself? I'm doing just fine. Well, we're taking a look at The King of Love My Shepherd Is, the hymn for today, or for this coming Sunday. It's applied for it, and it's written by Baker. How about that? Yeah, I noticed that. Yeah, Henry Baker. Any relative, any ancestor of yours? No, no. <laughs> he, he was um, uh, kind of a son of Vice Admiral Sir Henry Lorraine Baker, Vice Admiral, in uh, Cassett Hill, Dorset. And his father served in with distinction at Guadalupe in 1815. So his dad was a Navy guy. Right. In 1852, he wrote his earliest hymn, Oh, What If We Are Christ? And two others, Praise, Oh, Praise Our Lord and King, and There Is a Blessed Home. So... He uh, held the doctrine of the celibacy of the clergy, and he was the author of daily prayers for the use of those who have to work hard. A lot of daily prayers coming out today, is there not, during the virus? Oh, yeah, that's for sure. No kidding. Boy, what a So your church is still not having worship services? I'm afraid not, no. We're we're hoping to... Open that up later, maybe uh, maybe mid-May. I don't know. I don't know what the plans are, but uh, I understand the governor wants to open up by uh, mid-May or early. Yeah, in fact, I, early I, I heard that also, but I don't know. They're still having some deaths, etc. so we'll have to wait and see what that's going to happen. Can't but wait to get back to church, though, can we? The king of love my shepherd is. Would you read the first stanza, please? Okay, hymn 709 in the uh, service book. Uh, well, a lot of people Lutheran don't have that, book. so they'll just yeah. have to look it up in their own hymnal. The King of Love My Shepherd Is. Right. The King of Love My Shepherd Is, whose goodness faileth never. I nothing lack if I am his, and he is mine forever. Now, is that true? Absolutely. Well, how can as long we as we're with, as long as we're with the, our Lord Jesus, we really lack nothing. We that doesn't mean that we have we may not have wants and and needs, but He provides everything that we need for our soul salvation. But not everything we think we need. Right. So you're saying that He's taking care of us as He sees fit. That's right. And that's what is meant by, I nothing lack if I am his. Because he's made promises never to leave us, nor forsake us, be with us when we call upon him in the day of trouble, and so forth. Uh, Do you have any of uh, the folks at uh, your church that have fallen prey to the Chinese virus? Not that I know of, no. I don't know of anyone, uh, although I you know, I do have a nephew that lived out in Brooklyn, New York, and, and uh, he tested positive for the virus, but he, I guess he's doing okay by now. Oh, that's good. 
Yeah, a lot of people can test positive. The uh, post-dispatch just came up with five more things that indicate that people might have it, like uh, undue shaking and this sort of thing. So they've got like seven items now that people need to be watching out for. Not being able to taste and smell. Yeah. So if you can't if you can't smell your White Castle hamburgers, Baker, I'd be worried. <laughs> oh boy, I'm in trouble. I'll read two. Where streams of living water flow, my ransom soul he leadeth, and where the verdant pastures grow, with food celestial feedeth. Now that verse really has to be explained if you have children. Because what's it referring to? Well, you know, sheep have a hard time drinking from fast flowing water. It's got to be. It's got to be said here about sheep. Yeah. Well, of course, the King of Love, my Shepherd, is. That's the name of the title. So he's talking yeah. about sheep. Where where streams Excellent. of living water flow, uh, my ransomed soul he leadeth. So. What does that remind you of? It's based on the 23rd Psalm, the Shepherd Psalm. Exactly. uh, Right. Because what's this Sunday? Good Shepherd. Good Shepherd Sunday. It's always the fourth Sunday after Easter. Yeah, they don't call it that anymore. Or Sunday of Easter. Right. And so um, that's one of the analogies God uses, namely a shepherd and sheep. And so... This is going to be pretty big on Sunday. In fact, um, the Holy Gospel is from John chapter 10, where Jesus talks about that the shepherd comes in the sheepfold, but some others climb in another way because they're thieves and robbers. And so there's quite a bit in that uh, John 10. Even the epistle from 1 Peter 2 and ends with verse 25. For you were strained like sheep, but have now returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. And when we take a look at that, uh, now returned is in the passive, which means it's not something you have done. It's something that's been done to you, which is what happened with the sheep. It was lost, but it did not jump up on the shoulder of the shepherd. It was placed on the shoulders of the shepherd who brought it back through the wilderness. That's right. And uh, I think as we get into the uh, later verses, it talks about how we're gently laid on his shoulder. All right. If you would do stanza three. Okay. Perverse and foolish, oft I strayed, but yet in love he sought me, and on his shoulder gently laid and home rejoicing brought me. There you see, that's the uh, the Luke 15 reference to the uh, the lost sheep and how the shepherd hoists him up, a full-grown sheep, and then lays him gently on his shoulder and returns him to the sheepfold. Yes. Um, in fact, there are a number of hymns that deal with Psalm 23, in our hymnal, the one right after it is called, The Lord's My Shepherd I'll Not Want. That's my that's favorite. That's almost a direct quote from yeah. Psalm 23. 
This one is more of a paraphrase. And so where it talks about that on his shoulder gently laid, that definitely, as you said, is looking back to Psalm 23. Perverse and foolish oft I strayed. What's that referring to? Perverse is stubborn. Stubbornness, uh, stubborn waywardness is what perverse is. Oh, that's good. And, yes. and, uh, and that's the way we are. And yet, no matter how stubborn and foolish we are and how waywardly we, we stray, Jesus is always there for us. He's always, he's always with us, always watching over us. Yes. And that's what happened to that sheep. It strayed from the flock, got lost, and Jesus found it, and on his shoulders gently laid, and home rejoicing brought us. That word rejoice is kind of interesting. In the um, original Greek, it's for the joy. He did that. And it's also found in Hebrews, where on the way to the cross, he was joyous. Yeah, for the joy set before him endured the cross, and it's suffering yeah. and shame. Exactly, and I don't think a lot of people understand how could he be joyous on the way to the cross, because they would not have been. But why was he joyous? Because he knew that the whole world would be redeemed exactly. by his suffering and death. Wonderful. I'll read four. In death's dark veil, I fear no ill. With thee, dear Lord, beside me, thy rod and staff, my comfort still, thy cross before to guide me. You know, you can hardly say anything about Jesus without bringing in the cross. That's right. The whole Bible. And that's all it should be. Yes. That's exactly. as it should be. It should always, you always reflect on the cross. But how would you explain to children how he uses rod and staff? What does that refer to today? Well, I think there's different, you know, I was looking and, and uh, to see what uh, Keller said about a shepherd looks at the, at the 23rd Psalm. I'm not sure if I agree with him. Um, <clears throat> you know, uh, they they study shepherds in the in the, uh, the the Middle East, and the rod is uh, is seen usually as about a two foot long uh, pole or stick, uh-huh. and that's used for defensive purposes. A, a, right. a rod, and the Against staff animal. The staff is a long straight uh, stick. Uh, although a lot of times we think of it as having a hook on the end of it, but it's right. it's seen as uh, guiding the sheep or even knocking down leaves from trees for the sheep. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Um, it's right out of the Lutheran Study Bible, Tom. Yeah. Well, I think it was also used to bring sheep who fell into ditches up. Right. But that it's would be the one thing. with the curved staff. Yes. So sheep eat leaves from trees? Well, that's what uh, th- that's what it says in the Lutheran Study Bible. It's got to be correct, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. 
yeah. Oh, absolutely. That, that's <laughs> that's that inspired the board of review. <laughs> yes. So um, how would that apply if you were doing a sermon? How would that apply to Christians today? What would be the uh, rod? The rod would be, uh, well, I, I always think of God's word as, as protecting us from uh, false teaching, uh, from error. Uh, so the the rod, of course, I think uh, has to do with God's word, the, the warning, um, and the protection. Yeah, I think a lot of times I think of the rod as God protecting us, not through the word, but by making sure the devil cannot do what he wants to do. God right. limits the devil, as he did with Job. Okay. So how many times have you gone on a uh, trip in a car where you could have had an accident, but God makes sure it doesn't happen? Right. He's always watching well, out for us. And then, I mean, how many people get this virus and get through it uh, that God's protecting them from death? And the only ones that he permits to die are, are those that it's time for heaven. Right. Uh, unless you're an unbeliever. Yeah. So this is really a hymn for believers. The king of love, my shepherd, is. Oh, absolutely. Why do you think it's, you know, this is interesting. Shepherd is the analogy with sheep. But then the title has the king. So what does it mean, king of love? Well, if you again, if you look at uh, the notes, the study notes they provide for uh, the 23rd Psalm. Uh, now, David, this is one of David's psalms, who was, of course, the one of the major, perhaps the greatest king of of Israel, one of them anyway. And uh, he he saw the shepherd. Uh, shepherds were seen as, the, or, or, or the kings were seen as the shepherd of the people. Yes. Yeah, they they were because the people were considered the sheep of God, and therefore, as the king, that shepherd was ruling over them, taking care of them, protecting them, uh, not letting them go through water that was really rushing because it could drown them. It was always still waters, and uh, yeah, we uh, didn't talk about verdant grass. That's lush, lush greenness, covered with vegetation. That's what verdant means. Yeah, that's good. And so that shows that they're being fed properly. And I guess that's why the leaves from the trees, which were green, would be brought down so the sheep could eat them. Yeah, I had not known that before. That's pretty good. All right. Stanza five, please. Let's see. Don't we have to go to four? Oh, four. Four, stanza four. In death's dark veil, I fear no ill with thee, dear Lord, beside me. Thy rod and staff, my comfort still, thy cross before to guide me. That sounds pretty familiar. I think we Yeah, did. you're right. Maybe we did go over that. You want to go over five? Well, that would follow four. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here we go. Stanza five. Thou spreadst a table. In my sight, 
thine unction grace bestoweth, and oh, what transport of delight from thy pure chalice floweth. Now, you know the word I'm going to ask you what it means. How many times do kids use the word unction? Unction. That's, of course, connected with uh, an anointing. That's what that is. That's anointing. And, so, and it, it gives where reference. was the anointing taking place for us? The anointing is, is taking place, uh, well, of course, this is, this is a reference to when, when a guest would come for dinner. Often they would be anointed with oil. You know, in that dry, um, a dry, arid climate, yeah, uh, we don't think of we don't think of being anointed with oil, but it would soothe the guest to have that. Very typically, that was part of the hospitality shown to guest is they would be anointed with oil to to soothe their skin, and uh, also their feet. What? Also their feet. And their feet too, right? Yeah, because it was all dust, and they'd take their shoes off, get anointed. Uh, remember Jesus complains to the Pharisee who invited him, you did not wash my feet. She came in and she anointed me. Yes. That that woman. So when are we anointed? By it's by God's grace. Through the word and sacrament. What sacrament? This, this is filled. This this uh the the 23rd psalm is is obviously uh it re, it refers to the lord's supper it's a reference to the lord's supper that's why we often use it in connection with the lord's supper i think the anointing is really baptism though well obviously the word the word and the sacraments right thou spreads the table in my sight what's so important about that phrase well that's a reference that obviously is a reference to the Lord's Supper. Even this is in the Old Testament. It's it's talking here about how he he graces our table. He provides his holy supper for us, his 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 true body and blood for the forgiveness of sins. You see, in the day of Jesus, was it not true that the servants would never eat at the table? They would first get the food for the master, and after he was done eating in his family, then the servants would eat. Right. And so now all of us as servants come to his table. Yeah, we're his guests. Yes. And to eat with someone meant you were kind of on an equal with them. It's not like in our day when I walk into McDonald's, I don't look around to see, okay, you're all Christians, I'll eat here. No, you eat whether or not they're Christians. And But that wasn't true in Jesus' day. That's why the Pharisees were so angry at him when he was eating with sinners and tax collectors. Because right. they thought that was inappropriate. Right. Eating was considered a very intimate uh, social activity. And in case somebody doesn't understand the word chalice? That's, of course, uh, a chalice is, is the, uh, the vessel that contains the, the blood of our Lord. Right. Well, it contained the wine, and in with and under the bread and the wine was the body and blood of Christ. Right. Do you have an opinion as to whether or not everyone drank from Jesus' chalice or during the Passover each had their own chalice and drank from it? I Maybe that's 
would that be an open question? I don't know. I I've I think I've so. seen it. I've seen it conveyed in both ways. Now I like it's just like today we have the common cup, the chalice, or we distribute the uh, the individual couplets. It's it's still the Lord. It's still the blood blood of our Lord. Exactly, and we don't use a loaf of bread, uh, but we use still unleavened bread that Jesus used. Right. And they're in wafers instead. Yeah, yeah. I was just wondering what you thought on that because I, 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 I agree with you. It's still an open question. Um, you just have to take a look how they did the Passover and whether he handed around his own cup or they each drank from their own. That that's really up to uh, uh, your decision. All right. If you would read the last verse six. And so through all the length of days, thy goodness faileth never. Good shepherd, may I sing thy praise within thy house forever. That takes us right back to the first verse. The king of love, my shepherd, is whose goodness faileth never. In fact, it's a repeat. Thy goodness faileth never. And that's really hard for people to understand in this day when, if you ask somebody, what's a better good, to stay home from church on a Sunday or to go to church? Most people normally would answer to go to church. But now it's a good not to go to church. How can you explain that to someone? Well, of course, uh, we still, we still, the church still exists, uh, even though we we're not able to gather together for health purposes. Yeah. Uh, this, we still have the word and sacrament. Right. And at least, at least the word, the gospel. Now, obviously, you, you need a pastor to administer the the Lord's supper to us, but we still have the gospel. And uh, wherever the the gospel is proclaimed rightly, and 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 uh, the sacrament is administered rightly, there we have the church. And you can also show that it is good not to go to church because that's an obedience to the government's plans. That's not telling you not to go to church because they don't like Christianity, but because of a health reason, which they probably have the right to do. Right. That's the fourth commandment. Yes, which is what? That we should be subject to the higher powers. The yeah, powers, but that, are, the that, the powers that God has set in authority over us. The fourth commandment says, Honor thy father and thy mother. Your father and mother. So how do we move from father and mother to the government? Well, it's also talking about those authorities that God has placed over us, whether it be uh, mayor or governor or president or even local police. Yes. Luther explains that the word father actually refers to three different items. You have your biological, or if you're adopted, that father. Then you have the father of the government, those are governing authorities. And the third father is the pastor. Right. And so he brings in all three in talking about 
And that's how we believe that we ought not go to church. Now, our church allows up to 10 people. And, for example, they do have communion every weekend. But you have to phone ahead and you make an appointment. They'd say, well, be there between, let's say, Sunday 11 o'clock to 11.15. And when you get there, there's nine people who are ready to go into the sanctuary. They still stay apart. And then they are communed because the tenth person, of course, is the pastor who's there. And he gives a little devotion, and uh, it's about a 15-minute period where they do receive the Lord's Supper. That's great that they provide that. Uh, the, the sad thing, of course, is there's a lot of people still not partaking of the Lord's Supper. And, boy, that's been about, it's been what, about at least six weeks by now. Yeah, you are right. Of people gonna want, a lot of people are going to want to partake of the Lord's Supper when they, when they open the churches again. Well, especially shut-ins. Yeah, you got it. Because I don't know if pastors are seeing shut-ins or not. Oh no, they won't let you. A lot of the, they won't let you in. Not even pastors. Yeah, that's true. For, sake, yeah, for the nursing homes, etc. All right, tomorrow's Law and Gospel will be dealing, continuing with CFW Walther on his distinctions. Till then, God bless. Listen to Law and Gospel each weekday morning at 9.30 on KFUO. For a tax-deductible gift to Law and Gospel, please make your check payable to Concordia Mission Society and mail it to Tom Baker, P.O. Box 28910, St. Louis, Missouri, 63132. To give online, visit lawandgospel101.com or call toll-free 1-877-267-1962. Views and opinions expressed on Worldwide KFUO may not represent the official position of the management or ownership of KFUO, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. If you'd like to comment on programs or topics heard on Worldwide KFUO, write us at KFUO, 1333 South Kirkwood Road, St. Louis, Missouri, 63122. You can also leave a question or comment on our comment line at 314-996-1542. We are the messenger of good news, Worldwide KFUO.